And we are live and good data morning show to everybody and welcome. And today we have a special, special guest. Well, you can already see her here in the middle. There's no hiding. Kate, welcome. Welcome on the show. We're so glad to have you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm excited to be on the good data morning show. Woo. Yay. Woo Hope everybody has good data regardless of the time of day. Yes. <laughs> That's a good motto. <laughs> Diana, over to you. Oh, it's my turn. Oh, I have the honor of introducing Kate Strachney. Thank you very Ooh, much. I am very I proud of myself. Right. Right <laughs> <laughs> Kate is the founder of Story by Data, the Datacated Academy, and the Datacated Conference, which is taking place on October 27th. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. She is a member of the advisory board for the Initiative for Analytics and Data Science Standards. She is also an author a data visualization specialist, and was named a LinkedIn top voice in data science and analytics in 2018 and 2019, which is an amazing achievement. And most importantly, Kate loves elephants. Welcome, Kate. <laughs> Welcome. I do love elephants. I actually just moved. I had a big elephant next to me. I just moved it downstairs again. <laughs> a plush elephant? No, I have over 100 elephant statues. I actually have one tiny one on my desk. My kids know that I love elephants. So anytime there's a YouTube show or a book or anything to do with elephants, they're like, mom, guess what? Guess what? They run to me and I have to act super excited because they think I really, really like elephants. So I'm like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. So they That's draw adorable. them for me, but yeah, I used to collect a lot of different statues. And I think the elephant is a sign of good luck too. So I That's think you have a lot of good luck. That must be why my life is so good. Yes, it's all the elephants. <laughs> so, you know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how good your life is and how you were able to build this amazing data brand and personal brand. That's yeah, really the absolutely. topic of today. I, I, I always thought my life was good, though, even when I, I grew up in Tajikistan. So we, we weren't, we were pretty like poor. I guess it's it's fine to say that. Um, but even then, I thought my life was good. So I think it's kind of a state of mind. It's not really the financials or surroundings or anything like that. It's really a state of mind. But um, talking about the data brand, that all kind of happened by accident. And I never started you know, a journey to, hey, I'm going to be well known for data visualization. It actually just started by my wanting to learn more about data science, analytics, and focusing on data visualization. And I just started posting mostly on LinkedIn, a little bit on Twitter. I played with other social media platforms. But by far, the best engagement I was able to get was on LinkedIn. And it all kind of snowballed because I was super passionate about the space. I would continue to put content out. And then the positive reinforcement of people commenting and liking that content, it, it is kind of like an addiction where you're like, oh, this feels great. Let's post more. And yes. it, it's just a continuous snowball effect. So tell me a little bit about that. So I think I've connected with you in 2018, 2019. And uh, it really feels like I've known you for a long time and uh, you're, you're an amazing person to know and to follow and to learn from. So did you just start posting things about data, your journey, running on LinkedIn, and that's how really things started to gain traction? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my first posts was I wanted to take the Tableau certification exam. And I just posted, one of my goals is to become Tableau certified. This was probably five years ago or so. 
maybe four years ago. And I got a few comments that said, hey, you can do it, or here's some resources, you know, things like that. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to update people on my progress. And it was also a way for me to be accountable. So you mentioned yeah. running. Um, I do talk about running not as much these days, though I am running a marathon this weekend, probably on Whoa. Sunday. Just for fun. I, I haven't run a marathon this year, so I'm going to just... Diana wants to say something. Go <laughs> <laughs> How can you run a marathon for fun? <laughs> I find that amazing. That's that's a good question. Yeah, I ran 18 miles last weekend just to train. And I know for some people that take a lot, but I used to run a lot, uh, a lot more last year. But um, yeah, so I would post here and there some of my goals. Like last year, I had a goal to run a thousand miles for the year. So I would post about it. And that made me feel accountable because I've told unlimited a, a number of people who could potentially see that content that I'm going to do it. So in my mind, I'm going to do it. And now my brother actually jokes, if I post anything, he's like, wow, so you're going to like, for example, the conference, which we didn't talk about yet, but I told him and I announced on LinkedIn that I wanted to get 10,000 people signed up. And he's like, oh, wow, so you're going to get 10,000 people. He's like, whatever you put out there, you usually make it happen. I'm like, oh God, now there's pressure. But it's that pressure that helps me be accountable and that's part of how i use linkedin so let, that's a good segue let's talk a little bit about that and then let's come back to the personal brand data brand so i want to just bring up the conference here just go to story by data at the top you'll see the data key conference click on it and learn all about it and sign up but okay just give us a little bit of a insight about it yes absolutely so what you're seeing here is the first ever dedicated conference hosted fully on LinkedIn Live, just like you're hosting your show right now, George. So LinkedIn has a four hour limit on their live streams. This is why the conference is four hours long. If it was eight hours, the conference would be eight. Um, but basically each hour has a separate track. So we've got data governance and wrangling. We've got data literacy and visualization, uh, data strategy and leadership, and then lastly, data careers and networking. So we have four speakers per stream and they're meant to deliver about 10 minutes of content so we've got some sponsors you see the the presenters here we've got some really awesome people that um Oops. most of the audience will probably be familiar with we've got some famous data rock stars on there um whole bunch of uh, community partners and i think you'll see someone in the middle right there called lights, lights on data yes we're very proud to be a community partner yes thank you and we're gonna do a we're gonna do a giveaway so that's that's gonna be fun and we're going to do a giveaway on this show as well. You're going to give away three courses to I, people that are commenting, engaging. So we're going to do a raffle later on next week. Yes, so please comment. Courses. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to bring out some comments. Hey, Scott. Hey, Scott. Good morning. And that's true. What does Kate doesn't do? I, you know, I wonder that myself. And I think we're... We keep yeah, to, thinking. To that point, to that point, actually, I have a question. So when yes. I talk to George, he says, "Oh, Kate did this, and this is new about what Kate does, and she runs, and she has two kids, and she spends time with her husband, and she has, she does all these new things." And my question to you is, how? What's the secret of this time management? How can you be so effective with uh, and efficient with everything that you do? Uh, thank you for that. Yes, time management. I've always, I've always struggled with time. I always wish I had more time because my number of ideas is exponential and it's the execution part that I struggle with. 
But I think the secret is I don't I do very little planning or thinking. I, I mostly just act. So Scott Taylor, who's on, will will vouch for this. Him and I were talking on probably August 30th or so this year. And we were just chatting a catch up and I told him, I'm like, hey, maybe I should do my own conference. And he's like, yeah, that's that's a good idea. And then the next day I had the landing page and I'm like, OK, guys, join my conference. That's it. I had the speakers <laughs> lined up and um, I asked five people that were friends. I'm like, hey, do you want to speak at the event? And I just started kind of going for it without really thinking, because when you start thinking things through, there, there are a lot of obstacles that your mind can start to build for you. Right. Like running a marathon, well, that's going to be hard. Well, when, when will I have time to do this? But if you set a goal and then just simply go for it, I think it, it makes things happen a lot easier. And the, the other part I'll say is the running, the, the business, and the kids and family are all things I really love doing and spending time and, and all of that. So it makes it easy. It's almost like people who love, I don't know, drinking milkshakes and watching Netflix, right? They love it. They could do it all day. No one asks them, hey, how can you watch Netflix all day? For me, this is the Netflix of my life. I don't watch much television. so that could I love that good. analogy. Yeah. And that's a good tip. Not watching TV really saves you a lot of time for sure. Oh, yes. yes, absolutely. And Kate, who's your favorite elephant character? Uh, Dumbo's Horton. pretty cute, Dumbo. but he's got really big ears, so I don't know. <laughs> it's I love the personality. All <laughs> yes. Hey, hi, Susan. Hi, just so you know, I like hi, otters. Yeah, hi, Harpeet. Oh, you um, like otters? I love otters, uh, sloths, and giraffes. Oh, that's so cute. Sloths but are George, adorable. George doesn't want us to have any at home. <laughs> Not even a giraffe? What's wrong with you, George? <laughs> no, it's it's the long legs. <laughs> I, <laughs> I actually have a really huge giraffe in my basement. I should, I should bring it one day on my show. I ran a mile with a giraffe on my back. It's actually really huge. It's taller than me. Um, I think I have a video on YouTube somewhere of me running with a giraffe on my back. My neighbors well, almost called the, you know, the, the, the mental institution. <laughs> <laughs> what was it a themed run? No, no, no. I just wanted to run a mile and my husband's like, you're not going to do it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it. So <laughs> he was really embarrassed that I actually came out and did it. But it was so much fun. It's like one of those plush giraffes and it kind of sits on your back really well. So yeah <laughs> and uh scott it's dumbo presumably but she does like all yes. elephants Dumbo, Dumbo's great. Yes, i think one of the original you. cartoon elephants and good morning joseph hey joseph and uh yes andrew's um uh, company play consulting is a proud sponsor of dedicated conference too and there's Ooh. a few others so definitely do check it out if you are not signed up for the data dedicated conference do sign up now. There's still a few left, right? A few tickets left there. There are that you few can sign seats up for. left. Grab them now. Yes. And it's yes. free, free to attend. And it's on October 27th, as I said. Yes, Thank you. 10 a.m. Eastern until 2 p.m. Eastern. Thank you, Dan. So going back to our topic, we have a good question here. Really, what's one piece of advice you would give to recent students looking to build their brand? Yeah. That's a great question. I'll assume that the recent student is is in data, but I think this would apply to anybody. I think having conversations, real conversations and making connections with people is a really great way to build your brand. If you're not um, big into social media, which I know a lot of people are not very comfortable, let's say, getting in front of a camera or even 
putting out a blog post or a short post on social media because they have this fear that they'll be judged or something mm -hmm. will happen. You can still build your brand in smaller circles, right? Like if you want to do data governance, like email Diana and George and have a conversation with them, maybe even privately to build that network and grow your network, not privately, but more in a private, in a private way. If you are, however, comfortable with social media, definitely I recommend LinkedIn and putting out content at least daily on the topic that you want to be known for, right? So if you want to be known for slots every day, I want to see a slot video, a slot picture, a slot fact of the day, you know, something that when people think of Diana, they're like, ooh, slots, you know? Like, and I, I've done that for myself earlier in my career with risk management and then later now with data visualization that when you think of Kate, the hope is in my mind that you think of data visualization. Um, and it, it does take time to build that brand, but you know, definitely recommend you start as early as possible. I agree. You know, when I had the, the idea with the lights on data to create a website where I'll just put content out there for data management professionals to learn from and to have practical takeaways. And I've had this idea for years and I didn't act on it. And it was always an excuse. And it could also because it, it felt overwhelming to do all these things at once. But like you said, you just have to do it. You just have to stop planning. Just do it because there's a, no no better action than doing it in the first place. And once I did, and just in the last year or so, it really grew exponentially. And I think it's very important to remember that everything is a trial. Everything that you do is a trial. Uh, and only by doing it, you can validate if that's something that works or not. And then you adjust, you learn new things, you change, but you constantly improve. But only by acting, just as Kate said. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And we have a couple of questions here kind of related to this. One from Marta. Hi, Marta. Good to see you again. Uh, so interesting what Kate said about putting ideas straight into action. I have the same temptation. But after a while, I end up with way too many projects in the pipeline. How do you avoid the overload? And sorry, Diana, you're hidden there. Uh, Marta, I, I just get overloaded. So very, very good point on, you know, on action. Because I have this tendency, and it's something I'm working on, is to say yes to almost everything that's come my way. I've, I've gotten a little bit better at this point because I simply don't have time. But if there's an opportunity to speak at a conference or do some work or do a gig here and there, I'm like, yeah, I think I can do that. So, I mean, the list of things I had to accomplish just even this week is kind of insane. And, and I, I've committed to more things next week, even though I know I have a conference in less than two weeks that I really have to be focused on with over 4,000 people potentially attending. Um, so yeah, how to avoid the overload. I actually welcome the overload because I feel like when I have so many things that I need to work on, it makes me more focused. Mm -hmm. When I have like the one thing I need to do or the two things I need to work on, and this could be very personal to me, I tend to fill my time with other things. Like, oh, I just got this one thing. I'll, I'll do it later. I have enough time. But when you know that you've committed to eight or 10 different projects, you know you have a limited amount of time and you're going to get things done. But again, not everyone's like that. Some people truly get overwhelmed and it becomes like a mental health issue. For me so far, it's, it's been great, especially since I'm working from home and my kids are here. I, have, you know, I don't have to travel or, or do anything outside of the house really. So it's, it's been pretty simple, but let, let's see how next year goes when things hopefully go to normal. 
I have a question here. Out of all those amazing and many, many things that you do, which ones do you enjoy the most and which ones do you enjoy the least? I think I love the homeschooling my kids part. I was actually nervous about it because I'm like, I'm going to lose my patience. I even considered hiring a tutor to come in and homeschool them. But it, I mean, it takes about two, three hours a day of schooling. I, I love that because I get to actually see the kids learning and growing. Um, after that, I think LinkedIn, just engaging with the community in any shape or form, commenting on people's posts, going live, having these conversations. Those two have got to be my, my most favorite. I, my least favorite, I don't know. It's very hard for me to think about stuff like that. They're, I, I truly do enjoy everything. Writing is probably not my strong suit. Like if I had to write 10 blog articles, I, I would procrastinate it forever. I'm like, okay, I'll do it one day. Those are my least favorite things. This guy here too, uh, yeah, I, I don't enjoy doing that. And that's why my articles are a bit more straight to the point. <laughs> I prefer bullet points when possible. I don't like lengthy introductions. I just like to get right into it. Yeah. But it's definitely a drag to to put them on, on paper, or I guess. George, on... George wants me to link his bullet points <laughs> in <three> paragraphs. <laughs> Do you enjoy writing, Diana? Yeah, I think I enjoy it more than, than George, for sure. Yeah, she, okay. Yeah, she's a good writer. And yes, Marta, you know, sounds like uh, I sleep too much. It, to be honest, I feel like I'm not sleeping enough and I'm still not doing the same amount of things that Kate is doing. So it's better to well, have a good night's sleep. On the topic of sleep, I actually think it's extremely important to get your sleep. So I go to I go to bed by about 10 p.m. and then wake up at 5 a.m. But that's, that's a solid seven hours of sleep. Um, usually uninterrupted. Last night, my six-year-old woke me up for about two, three hours. Um, so I let myself sleep until like 6.30 to make up for that time. Um, so I don't have a very strict, I, I do like to be up by five, but if, if I know I stayed up late the night before, I make sure to get to sleep. You don't want to be sleepy while you're working. It's very counterproductive. That's correct. So Kate, I'm curious, at some point you decided to leave your job and to become a full-time entrepreneur. Is this how you call yourself, entrepreneur, yes? Yes. Okay, how, what um, made you do that switch? make that switch yeah honestly i loved all the roles i had at the prior company for me it was more of controlling my schedule especially with the two kids and building something of my own right i think it's great to work for a company when you're when you're learning or in some cases people really love the stability of working for another company i was at the point where i really wanted to just be as creative as i, as I wanted do whatever I want, whenever I want, right? Build my own schedule. If I want to work through the night and sleep through the day, I now I can do that. Well, not with the kids, but now I can do that if I really wanted to. Um, so I think I wanted that flexibility and really the idea of building your own thing uh, because right now it doesn't even feel like work, all the stuff I do. And like I said, I wake up at five and I, I work, I do the homeschool and I do a lot of things between that. And none of it actually feels like work, except the writing, mm. that writing feels like work. <laughs> but what was it? Was, was there a trigger? Was it when you became a LinkedIn top voice when you made the switch or when was Oh, it? no, no. This was recent. This um, I made the full switch in March of this year. I didn't know it was going to be a global pandemic at the time, but um, it actually has worked out pretty well um, for me personally because everything went online and my business is online. But... It wasn't, it wasn't something that, you know, one really big thing happened and it, 
switch, you pull the trigger. It's something I've been thinking about for several years and finally um, came to terms with, okay, I'm going to do this. And Diana, it's not when she became a LinkedIn top voice, it's when she became a LinkedIn top voice the second time. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, just, just a reminder to everybody about the Data Kitty Conference, please do sign up for it. And also, if you come in, you know, put in any comments, engage with this live show in any way, put a thumbs up, uh, you know, share it, you are going to enter to win one of Oh, where are you? All right. One of these uh, three courses in visual best practices that Kate put together and uh, is teaching online. So a lot of awesome stuff, a great course to, to be enrolled in and learn from. So uh, please keep them coming. All right. Sorry, had to have that segue here. Uh, we do have a, a few other Thank you. Uh, questions. Thank you for the awesome plug on the conference and the, and the courses. And uh, there are more courses where that came from, so please check out the uh, uh, Data Kitted Academy, and you'll find out and learn from Kate. Yes, datakittedacademy.com. Thank you. So we have a question here from Andrew. It seems that you really love to learn new things. How do you decide what not to focus on so that it can be successful with the ones that you are most interested in? Yeah, thanks for the question, Andrew. I do become quite obsessed with new things on a very frequent basis. So, like, I, I was obsessed with learning guitar at some point, and now my guitar is sitting right over there. I haven't touched it in six months or so. Um, but, yeah, at some point, I also wanted to learn coding. I think I let myself explore and become passionate about whatever it is that comes to mind. Like coding, for example, earlier this year, January 1st, I launched a daily coding project where... Um, it's a hashtag, daily coding, if you want to check it out on LinkedIn. Uh, I thought it was going to be over, for the whole year. Yes, it was going to be for the whole year. So uh, <laughs> there are over 10,000 people participating right now in the in that daily coding project. And it, I learned a lot because, you know, I made myself put something out there every day in terms of daily coding. It actually helped me grow my network a bit more and helped uh, motivate other people to learn coding. But then um, at some point, I think in June, I decided to, to stop because it was time consuming and it was no longer my biggest interest. My biggest interest is data visualization with various software and tools and programming languages. Mm -hmm. um, so I allow myself to shift. I, I usually harden myself if I set like a running goal or something else. But if I truly lose interest, I won't, I won't force myself to be miserable just because I said I'm going to do this thing. So I announced at some point in June that I'm going to stop the daily coding. I still engage and interact with some of those posts that come in, but I no longer do it. So I think it's fine to become excited and passionate, but then just know yourself. You only live once, right? So you don't have to suffer through things just because you've put something out there. It's fine to change your mind. Like the LinkedIn user said, such a positive mindset. I don't Thank know you, why LinkedIn sometimes the, the name doesn't show up. <laughs> That but, happens to me. I actually joined Ravit's show this morning and I said, hey, and he's like, oh, look, LinkedIn user. I'm like, oh, I'm not LinkedIn user. <laughs> and Rohit is saying, great conversation, a lot to learn from you, Kate. I agree. There's there's always a lot to learn. And uh, Scott really has uh, an incredible idea. Why don't you just call it Data Cated Academy and Conference? Isn't this what it comes and, from? It comes from that, right? It come, no. no. I well, no. It, it's, it's, it's like dedicated. It's like dedication to data, 
but a lot of people, thank you, Scott. A lot of people have told me I should have done dedicated with the K. It's way too late. I'm actually going to scroll up a little. You'll see this is my certificate from the U.S. Uh, Patent and Trademark Organization of dedicated, okay, with a C. So I can't really just change that. It, it, it took about a year and uh, over a thousand you, you can pay for like the second one too, add a second frame <laughs> with the, the K. No, no, I think it would have been lost. I, so I do have a good international audience and I think those not from the US or where English is not their first language would kind of be confused by what dedicated is. Mm -hmm. um, at least dedicated is a little bit closer to the word dedicated. But thank you, Scott. You brought this up before. <laughs> and I think a lot of people uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. We saw the eye roll too. <laughs> okay, I have another question regarding entrepreneurship. What are the three most important characteristics of a successful entrepreneur in your view? Characteristics. Um, okay, I think a passion for whatever it is you're working on slash obsession, right? Uh, I think it. I think it is healthy. I'm, I'm actually listening to a book right now, the 10x Rule by Grant Cardone, and he's covering the whole chapter about obsession and how there's a negative connotation when somebody says, "Oh, they're obsessed with this." I. Um, he recommends that if everybody was obsessed with something in their life, people would just live a better life. So it's it's another word for passion, right? So passion slash obsession. I think. Also the ability to focus, which is something I'm really trying to get better at because I do tend to run in a lot of different directions. Um, and the third is the willingness to experiment, right? Take action, track the results, but keep experimenting to see what works. Like for the conference, I'm experimenting with a couple of things, right? Like 10 minute lightning talks. Most conferences are 30 to 45 minutes um, for, from the speakers and then virtual photo booths, right? I haven't seen too many conferences do something like that, but I'm experimenting. It could fail miserably. And I think being okay with that, this is probably the fourth one, you've asked for three, but being okay with failing um, and keeping in mind that you do only live once. So why, why not try it? I agree. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta take advantage and, and just, uh, again, just do it and don't be afraid of that failure and that risk because you can always bounce back, try something else. And it's better to try and to fail than not to try at all, right? That's I know it's a bit of a cliche saying, but it's no, it is. very I, true. But it's true. It is very true. And where's George talking about risk? <laughs> One of the most risk-adverse people in the world. <laughs> I'm risk-adverse. That's true. Uh, that's very true. I, I don't like to gamble my money away and things like that. But uh, with ideas, and that's I think that's different. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you've seen his talk data to me videos and his dark data. So that's, that's, that's not very risk averse. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Uh, I, I'm blushing already when I'm, you know, uh, thinking of me walking on the streets and people looking at me doing that. It's like, what's this guy doing there? I know, I remember making one of my first videos. So it took me a while to get go from posting to video post on LinkedIn. And I used to kind of hide to make my video posts like somewhere in an office or I would go outside uh, mm. New York City, right? And at some point I'm like, okay, I'm just going to put it by this water fountain. And in New York, people, this is pre-COVID, people are walking by every second. So I turned the camera on and I'm like, it was so hard for me to just be serious and record while everyone else is just kind of, you can feel them watching. 
it definitely um, takes time to get over it. Now I truly don't care. Like I've done live in front of a, a conference, like people walking around, I just interview them and something you get over after you do it a couple of times. So it goes back to just do it, try it. You might actually like it, um, get more comfortable. And definitely check out Kate's YouTube channel. You'll see some of these interviews that she's talking about on, on there. So plus tutorials and things about Tableau. So there are a lot of good stuff. We have a question here from Alistair. Have you managed how, have you managed to find any mentors or peers that have helped you on what can be a lonely entrepreneur journey? Alistair, hi. Thanks for joining. Um, mentors or peers? I feel like I look up to a lot of people in our data community as mentors because you see people doing different things and I think you get inspired with their ideas. For example, Matt Dancho, right? He's got Business Science University and he was using the Teachable platform. I'm an affiliate for it for his course. And I was inspired by him in terms of, wow, look at the great courses he's putting out. Maybe I can do something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Scott Taylor doing his 24 master data marathon virtually. I'm like, I could do four hours of that. So I think you tend to, as, as you spend more time with people, you tend to get ideas from here and there and you get inspired by seeing what other people can accomplish and you're like oh maybe i can do something similar so i think it's a collective data community it's not you know a single person somewhere and yes kate you were also part of the the master data marathon as a speaker as was i shameless plug there and it was definitely a fun event to be part of different quite different yes. george there's a great question from ayush yes and Ayush is asking, can you tell your story about winning the LinkedIn Top Voice? I'm not sure if winning is definitely the, the right word, but definitely being chosen by LinkedIn as, as a top voice. It makes me feel like a winner. Thank you, Ayush. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take that away from me, George. So it was, um, it was the end of 2018. It was cold outside. He asked for a story, right? And... Uh, I was sitting at my laptop and I got an email story from by LinkedIn. data. A story by data, exactly. I'll have data points for you later. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got an email from, from LinkedIn saying, we are considering you to be one of the top voices. I'm like, okay, what's a top voice? And the, the whole you know notion of considering meant it's not a done deal, right? They're looking at other right. people. Right. So and you never ask, thought it was maybe a spam email at first? I did actually think, I was just getting to that. I actually thought it was spam because, um, and I also thought that LinkedIn Live was spam. When they asked me to beta test LinkedIn Live, I, mm -hmm. I almost ignored that message. It came on LinkedIn. I'm like, oh, this person's just BSing. There's no such thing as LinkedIn Live, right? So I was like, I was going to ignore it. Um, so I think my, my career track would have been a lot different if I had ignored those emails. But yeah, so I read the email and I was really excited. And they don't really tell you who else they're looking at or how they're going to select the, the top. So it's 10 people from each category. And I remember trying to do the math. There are 590 million people on LinkedIn and they choose a total of 300 people or so because 10 from each category, they, they do have plenty of different categories that they look at. And I, yeah, a, a few months later towards the end of the year, they announced that you know, I had to fill out a form, basically, why do I use LinkedIn, some of my success stories and things like that, uh, upload a photo. But yeah, they announced that you know, we are the 10 people and we're, we were very excited. We were actually um, all friends for the most part. We had our own data science office hours live on YouTube show before, before we were selected. And then the, the year after, 
the same thing happened. And I'm like, oh my goodness, really? No way, because they tend to pick different people every year. And right. it was only myself and Andreas Kretz who actually got reselected for, for the second time around. From the I'm data really analytics. Yeah. Right from the data analytics uh, group. Oh, yes, for the data science and analytics group, exactly. So only two of us were moved over, and then the eight, uh, they selected eight new people. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to see who's going to be it for, for 2020. I'm 99% sure it's not going to be me because I think the chances of being selected three times in a row is very, very slim. I've, I've done the math. Uh, but it is interesting to see because I'm assuming at least some of those people will be from our, for, from our small learned data community. I think it's a big potential, really, that uh, they choose you and they'll be right to do so. And um, gotta say, I mean, this this LinkedIn conference. I don't think it's really just the the first dedicated conference. I think it's the first LinkedIn conference. It could be. I didn't want to put that out there because who knows if somebody else has said that whatever they're doing is a LinkedIn conference. I don't want to be sued, George. So it's the first dedicated <laughs> conference hosted on LinkedIn is how I worded it. For, for legal matters, <laughs> legal, yeah. Of course. Hey, Ravid, very nice to see you here. Sorry we, that we did miss your show uh, for obvious reasons, but uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Please check out Ravid's show here on LinkedIn and YouTube Live as well. Yeah, Ravid, I tuned in for your show for the first 10 minutes, but you said I was a LinkedIn user, so you didn't see that I was on. I was there. So. That's good. All right. So I'm, I'm sorry, there, there are quite a few more comments, but we do need to wrap it up um, as we've reached our our end of the show here. Any any parting last words besides just do it, which is a Nike slogan? Just do it now. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't wait. Yeah, act now. I think, I mean, personal brand, right? Just find what it is you want to be known for and then continuously put out content and engage with content on that topic. It really is as easy as that, but you've just got to be consistent and keep showing up. And you know what, Kate, I think one of the things that I've noticed with your content that's different from others that are posting is you are creating that content and posting in such a way that it's not only teaching people, but it's also creating that engagement. It's not just a one-way street. You're not just putting the message out there, but you're inviting those comments in. You're inviting the feedback, the questions, the, the answers. So you're really creating a lot of value. And that's something that you do see. You do have a lot of followers for sure, but you do have a lot of engagement out of it in comparison to other LinkedIn users that have maybe millions of followers, but maybe you know five, 10 likes uh, and that's it per their, uh, their post. Yeah, I think it goes back to authenticity, right? People won't engage with a person um, if they don't think maybe that that's a person posting, right? If you're so far removed from the community or the people that it almost looks like an automated bot has made your post or if you're posting at the same exact time you know on the same exact day every week it almost looks robotic and people don't really want to engage with robots or automated messages when when you post something like a real question i had yesterday was putting 30 csvs into one uh, and i posted that last night kind of right before i went to dinner i posted the question i closed my laptop and this morning, there are over 250 comments, okay, not likes, not views, comments of suggestions. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to write a nice blog post about this because there's apparently so many ways to do what I wanted to do. And I got some really good ideas. I actually did this right before our live event. I 
I was able to combine. I went with Power BI just because I had okay. it open and it um, very easily allowed me to upload a folder and combine all my files. But yeah, I mean, definitely engage and actually care about what people are going to say because that does come through for the community. Absolutely. And that's that's a very good note to end the show on. So thank you everybody for joining. And just a reminder, we will select three winners of Kate's uh, <clears throat> Data Visualization Best Practices course, and we're going to announce it next week. Awesome. And visit storybydata.com, sign up for the Datacated Conference, <laughs> and read the book. Uh, uh, you wrote four books, right? And one is Data for Kids, which I think is amazing. And everyone, you can always connect with Kate via LinkedIn. Oh, please also follow her if, you, if you're not already. Everywhere. <laughs> Kate Kate is everywhere, for sure. And like Ravid uh, was mentioning, you, you are everywhere. Personal brand at its best, for sure. Ravid is everywhere, too, by the way. So yeah, I, I think so, too. Yeah. Kate, thank you very much for being an inspiration. So even if this is the first time I met you, I heard a lot about you, and I am inspired as well. And thank you for your lovely energy. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for having me on the Good Data Morning Show. <laughs> thank you for being on. All right, everybody. See you okay. next week. Bye. 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 Bye.